How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. Good to be with you. If you just stumbled upon the podcast, if you're brand new, we'd love to hang out with you. The best way to get involved with everything that we've got going, we have conferences, devotionals, we have a closed community of thousands of guys from around the world who are just like-minded and encouraging each other in their walk with Jesus and as a dad. Uh, Go to dadtired.com, just kind of browse around there. You'll see some free stuff. You'll see some conferences on there. You'll see some devotionals. You'll see that community that we have. Anyway, dadtired.com, that's the best way to get connected if you're brand new. We'd love to get to know you and have you be part of our little community. Before we dive in today, we're going to be talking about uh, what it looks like to be a dad who leads their family uh, towards an intentional goal. We're going to dive into all the details of what that means and what I mean by that in just a minute. But before we do, I do want to thank my friends over at Faithbox for sponsoring this episode. You guys know I'm always looking for good resources that help us along in our journey with Jesus to help us in our faith and continue to grow, which is why I was super excited to come across this service, Faithbox. They deliver a box to your door every month. It's filled with devotionals, scriptures, books, what they call do-good products, which are these meaningful products made by companies around the world that give back to those in need. You guys know I'm a big part of partnering with companies and organizations that are continuing to expand the kingdom of God. So I was a really big fan when I found this box and saw all the stuff that they put in them. They're super encouraging stuff. They actually sent me a couple of the boxes. I was really impressed. You open it up. It tells you kind of the theme of the box for that month, Uh, but it also invites you into a community, kind of like the Dad Tire community, where you can go and be encouraged, meet other people, share prayer requests. Um, But then they've got, like I said, they've got products in there, like uh, these do-good products from companies around the world who are giving back to the community. They have a book in there from an author that just makes sense for that theme. They've got scriptures, devotionals. It's a really challenges, uh, prayers, all kinds of stuff. It's a really encouraging box. Um, So one, either get it for yourself if you're just looking for a way to continue to grow in your faith and be encouraged. It's a really easy way just to like sign up for it, have it delivered to your door. Or if you're in the spot where you're like, hey, I never know what to get my wife or my mom or that coworker, um, subscribe to the subscription box and then just give these things away. They make really, really good gifts. Um, We just did celebrated Valentine's. uh, And by celebrate, I mean we were obligated to spend more money than we needed to. As men, anyway, I won't go on that rant, but... Uh, guys are always looking for uh, ways to like figure out how to give good gifts. This is a really, really good gift idea too. So you guys know I'm always looking for the hookup, ways to get you guys discounts. Uh, so I worked out a deal with Faithbox. If you go to faithbox.com forward slash tired and then use the promo code tired, T-I-R-E-D, uh, at checkout, you'll get $10 off your first subscription. Again, that's faithbox.com forward slash tired and then use the promo code tired to get $10 off your first subscription. I also want to thank my friends over at Blinkist for sponsoring this episode. Blinkist, uh, I've talked about them before. It's one of my favorite services uh, and apps to learn, to continue to learn, especially as a busy dad. There's so many of you who are listening to this podcast while you're doing something else, which is how most of us men live in 2019. We're constantly trying to multitask um, and stay busy and podcasting makes sense for that, but also Blinkist makes sense for that. So if you're like, hey, I want to read books, I want to continue to consume and learn, but I just don't have time to sit down and read you're definitely going to want to check out Blinkist. I've actually been using them for years. I love them. I'm such a big fan of what they do on that app. Essentially what they do is they take uh, 
thousands and thousands of books and they condense them down into the need to know stuff in 15 minutes. Um, so instead of having to sit through an entire book, either an audiobook or actually sit down and read the whole thing, in 15 minutes you're going to get the main takeaways. And again, they've got a massive library. There's over 8 million people who are using Blinkist right now. It's a, it's a very, very good service. Again, I've been using it for years. I'm always super impressed by how well they do um, as an app and as a company. Um, so a couple books I've read this week that I want to recommend. Number one, uh, start with why. Again, again, I've told you about it. I read this book constantly because I'm always coming back to it. I'm just such a huge fan of it. If you haven't read it and you just want to spend like 15 minutes getting through the main points, uh, download the app and get start with why. That's one of my favorite books. Uh, then also seven habits of highly effective people. Again, if you're listening to this, it's because you like to learn and consume content. Uh, while you're doing a bunch of other stuff. So you're going to want to get that book because I think it's going to be helpful in your learning journey. Uh, Right now for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for you, that tired audience. Go to Blinkist.com forward slash tired. Start a seven day free trial. Again, that's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com forward slash tired. Start a seven day free trial. Again, Blinkist.com forward slash tired. When I was a pastor and the uh, in leadership at like the local church level, and I was teaching on Sunday mornings, I would always uh, tell people that I know that the enemy always seems to use Sunday mornings in particular as a way to like try to divide the family. Some of the biggest fights that families have, <clears throat> excuse me, some of the biggest fights that families have are uh, like on the way to church or as they're trying to get the kids ready to go to church. <laughs> uh, and I say all that because I'm sensing it. Uh, in myself today. We do church in the evenings. We're part of a little house church. And uh, so we do church on Sunday night. It's 3.06 p.m. on a Sunday right now as I'm recording this episode. And uh, we typically leave at 3.30. And so I'm trying to like squeeze this in, uh, which is just bad planning on my part. But anyway, if you hear my wife and or my kids screaming in the background, you will just know that I'm serious when I say that I am stumbling right along with you, man, as I'm trying to lead my family towards Jesus. It is a disaster. Um, and anyway, pray for me. Um, I think one of the things when we're talking about spiritual leadership and we're telling, uh, especially at Dad Tired, obviously all the time we're talking about trying to, as men, lead our family well, right? Like that's our whole mission statement is to equip men to lead their family well. I think what's frustrating about that for many guys is like, well, what am I supposed to be leading them toward? Uh, Where do I lead my family? Like, what is the goal? Where are we trying to go? And that can be frustrating to hear all the time, whether it's in the church world or even here on this Dad Tired podcast, to hear people say, lead your family, lead your family, lead your family. And you're like, well, okay, like, but what am I, what's the goal here? Like, what am I trying to lead them to? And we've all been under leadership. We've all had bosses, pastors, friends, or part of organizations or whatever, where like, you can tell it's just kind of like fluffy rah, rah. And like, hey, everyone, let's go do the thing. But we don't really know what thing we're like going toward. And it's just frustrating uh, because there's no really lack of, there. there is a lack of vision and there's a lack of clarity on where we should be heading. And so, Anytime we're trying to like get excited about moving somewhere, it just feels like we're getting excited to get in a maze and have no idea where we're going. So one of the things I want to do today is talk about um, something that 
has been helpful for us as a family. We talked about this uh, a little bit when I had Jefferson Bethke on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. He talks about this a lot in the um, family teams ministry that they have. So they have two different podcasts. If you haven't checked those out, you definitely should. They have one called Five Minute Fatherhood, which they talk about this idea of being part of a team and leading your team towards something. But I thought... Um, I just want to unpack this a little bit personally for like Jared Lopes and what it looks like for me and how I think that this could be helpful for you in case you didn't get some clarity on that in that last episode. Um, but again, a lot of what I'm talking about, they talk about over at Family Team. So definitely make sure I don't want to like uh, steal ideas that aren't my own. I want to give credit where credit's due. And um, they talk about this all the time. So definitely go over there and listen to that. But um, if you're if you're unclear, if you just feel like, okay, I, I want to lead my family towards something, I, I want to be the spiritual leader of my family, but I don't even know what that looks like. Uh, I always say there's really two kind of mandates in scripture that God is calling us to. Um, that I that when I read the New Testament, this is what I feel like um, really jumps out at me and what I think Jesus is calling us to as his church and as believers. The first one is um, when in Matthew 28, when Jesus says, go into all the world and to make disciples, right? So this is like, if you are a Christian, you are in ministry and this is your goal in ministry is to make disciples, to, to help people figure out who God is, to reveal to the world who God is. And this is more than just like evangelism. This isn't like just walking out on the street and having conversations about God. That's awesome. Like we need that. I think it's great. Um, but it's deeper than that. We're not just trying to like convert people. We're trying to walk people along to really help grow people up. Like Jesus wasn't just about conversion, right? He wasn't just walking out there giving these mass evangelical or evangelistic sermons where he would convert people, have them say a prayer and then be like, all right, let's move on to the next town. Jesus was always about making disciples, which is why he invested his life into a small group of guys for uh, three and a half years. He's pouring out his life. He's maturing them into Christ uh, and into godliness. So that's what what I think he means when he says, let's make disciples. Again, not converts, but let's help people grow up in their faith. So that wherever you're at in your Christian walk, like that's your mandate. Like that, that's what our goal is to do is to help people fall in love with God and to mature in um, Christ and to mature in discipleship. So that I think is when we say like, what are we leading people towards? That's the first thing we're leading them towards. We're, we're called as fathers, whatever our context is, we want to make disciples, whether our context, you don't, you don't have to like go overseas to make disciples. You can make disciples, uh, wherever there are people around you that you can influence. And for us as dads, the greatest influence that we have is typically in our home and at our work. Like those are, those are kind of the biggest places where we're mixing it up with people. Right. And so we're called to make disciples in our home, to raise our children, to know God, to grow up and mature. The other thing that sticks out to me in scripture was when they asked Jesus, what uh, is the greatest commandment? And he says to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love uh, others as yourself, love your neighbor as yourself, right? So this is really like Jesus boiled down all the scriptures into this, to love God and to love people. And so at our house, when we say, what's our goal? Like, what's the end zone that we're chasing after? We say to love God and to make him known, to know God and to make him known. This is kind of a mission statement. It's one we use at school in our homeschooling curriculum, but it's also what we use in our house. We want to know God, which will lead us to fall in love with God. And knowing and loving God then helps us be equipped to go tell the world what God is like. So that's our goal. Like if you if you're thinking through as a coach or as a team, right? We just watched the Super Bowl a couple of weeks ago and cheered against the Patriots, 99.9% of us. 
And for the rest of you that cheered for the Patriots, we'll pray for your salvation. Uh, but most of us rooted against the Patriots, right? Uh, but we all know that every every team in the NFL was working towards one goal. Imagine if they didn't know like what the end game was, like what the what the what they're working towards, right? Like, hey, welcome to the NFL. We're gonna practice every week, and it's gonna be like draining, and you're gonna try really hard. Uh, and you're going to play some games, but uh, yeah, that'll be it. We'll just do that forever. Um, they knew the goal. Every team comes into the season knowing the goal, and the goal is to win the Super Bowl, right? And so we watched two teams try their best to win that goal and the, the championship. The end game is to win the Super Bowl. And for us as Christians, our end game, our final thing for us, the thing that we're working toward is to know God and make him known. So uh, when you're hearing as a dad, uh, you know, what am I leading my family towards? Um, that's it, man. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to help your family know God and to help them make God known to the world around them. P.S. If you're going after anything else, um, you're just chasing the wrong goal, man. You're running in the wrong direction. And we all start running in the wrong direction all the time. I, th- I think I might have shared a story about this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago about me being on a football team and running the opposite direction. <laughs> uh, and really, I, I think it was actually the homeschool episode. I, don't, I can't remember. But essentially, if you're running toward any other goal, if you're running toward any other end zone than to know God and to make God known, you are running the wrong way. And so this would be my reminder for this is like me tackling you. I'm on your team and I'm tackling you and I'm like, bro, you just ran in the opposite direction. You just shot on the wrong hoop like you're running the wrong way. And all of us do it like I need you to tackle me. We need to tackle each other because we all start getting weird and running in opposite directions like, hey, I feel like life is really short and I'm just going to like start chasing money and like try to fill up my bank account because I'm kind of freaking out that I don't have enough money or maybe I do have money but I just want more money or maybe I really need to just climb the social ladder like we all run after weird goals like maybe I want to be like the best fantasy football player or maybe like some of us run and those kind of goals can be like socially acceptable some of you guys are running after like really terrible things like uh, like affairs and pornography and addictions to substance or alcohol and all these other things that you're running after that you think is like the best thing. But regardless of what you're running after, if it's not knowing God and making God known, bro, you're just like, you're running the wrong way. And so I just want to tackle you for a minute and be like, Hey, snap out of it. Don't run anywhere except towards Jesus and towards the goal that uh, he set out for us. And that's to know him and make him known. So that's our goal. So then as a, as a dad, And essentially, like what me and Jefferson talked about on that podcast where he was a guest is, okay, now as a dad that knows the goal, how do I help my family work toward that goal? So any good coach, I actually coached um, soccer. Don't make fun of me. Some of you guys make fun of me for being like a soccer player. Anyway, um, the, I I coached high school soccer um, years ago and I actually love being a coach. I, I, I think I even had more fun coaching than I did playing. But a, what, a, what a coach does, what a good coach does, is they get the players in front of them and they say, okay, I'm going to study each player on this team to help them figure out like what is the best, how are they, what, what unique talents do they bring to this team that's going to help us, again, win that championship or get us closer to that goal. And so this is what I would do as a coach. I would just literally like watch. I would let the players play. We would do drills. We do rehearsals. We practice. We do all this stuff. But as they're playing, as they're practicing, I'm just watching them to figure out like, oh, this guy is really good. Like he needs to be a goalie 
or this person's a, a really good defender or this person's incredibly fast and a good ball handler. They need to be up front, like shooting, like you're, you're evaluating and you're studying each player and you're trying to help them become the best at what they're good at to help you, you the whole team win the goal. And this is essentially what we should be doing as dads. I, so here's what I did last week um, with our family. We, we sat at the kitchen table and what I did is, uh, for if you're new to the podcast, I have a five-year-old, a seven-year-old, a newborn, and then me and my wife have been married uh, nine years this year. Just celebrated our anniversary. So this that's our team. That's the team God's given us. We know the goal is to make, know God and make God known, okay? So now we have the team. And so as a team, we sat around the table, and I literally just went around and had everyone share uh, what they thought each person was good at that helps us toward that goal. So I would just pose the question and I would say, how do you think God made, uniquely made uh, Elijah to so that we can know God better and help make God known to the world around us, to our neighbors and to our friends? What What is unique about Elijah? Uh, and all of us took turns like kind of speaking that out loud. And what we're doing is, again, we're just holding a mirror up for Elijah, right? We just put up a mirror. The whole family, the whole team holds up a mirror for him and says, hey, man, uh, this is how God has made you. We see it in you. We see that God has uniquely designed you a certain way. And like all of us are affirming these gifts that you have. And the reason God gave you those gifts is so that you can help us fall in love more in love with God and so that you can help the world around us fall more in love with God. Like God has uniquely designed you for that purpose the end goal. And here, here's like the unique gifts that you bring to the table. And just to give you like a real practical example. So some of the things that stuck out as we were talking about Elijah were he's a protector. He loves to protect his sisters. Like it's just like, it's in his bones. He doesn't have to try. I don't have to tell him like, Hey, protect your sisters and protect your mom. Right? Like it's just deeply in his bones where he feels like I need to care for them. I need to make sure, do they have milk to drink when, uh, we serve breakfast in the morning and he'll, he'll like go get them all some his sisters and his mom and me like literally this morning he woke up and uh he got me a cup of coffee uh which is amazing i love that gift in him but like what he's doing is he's making sure everyone's taken care of and so he's he's constantly protecting he's constantly looking out for other people part of his heartbeat behind that is he's deeply empathetic he has a high um uh totally blank on the word i use it all the time emotional intelligence like he's always uh, he's just, he can feel what other people are feeling and that motivates him to like protect to like be aware of what's happening and how people are feeling and help move them or protect them or get them in the place where they need to be. And so all we do is as a family, we hold that mirror up for him and say, son, you are a protector. You care for people. You make sure people are taken care of just like God does for us. God protects his people. God has a reputation from Genesis all the way to Revelation, uh, protecting his people even when people are wandering away from him and being mean to him and turning their backs on him. God continues to protect his people and to make sure that they're taken care of. And son, I said, son, you show us what God is like by protecting the family, by being that person that's looking out for the needs of a family. You remind us of who God's like. And you will remind the world around us of what God is like. The same, so we, we did this literally for every family member in our family. We just like, when it was my wife's turn, I said, all right, babe, like uh, the kids and I, we're just going to talk about what we see God, how he's uniquely designed you. Like one of the things that my wife is incredibly gifted at is she's an advocate for the voiceless. She, she's, she's a voice for the voiceless. She advocates on people 
for for people who can't speak up for themselves. And so we see that in her. Like she's a nurse. This she this comes to play all the time as a nurse when she has patients that they don't know the medical system and they can't figure it out. And the doctors say, hey, tough tough luck. Or insurance says, hey, tough luck. Best of luck to you. I hope you can figure it out. And she's like, no, this isn't right. Like they're not being fairly treated. She will go to bat. She'll spend hours and hours and hours after work, like taking care of them and helping them figure out how to navigate the system and fighting for them. And she'll go talk to people that she needs to talk to. What she's doing is she's speaking up. She's defending the voice and the vulnerable, which is what we see God do all throughout scripture, right? Like God is constantly, his heartbeat all throughout scriptures defend the orphan and the widow and the foreigner and the marginalized among you. And so we hold up a mirror for the my wife, for their mom, and we say, babe, this is how we see God has uniquely designed you so that you can help us get a better glimpse of who God is and help us fall more in love with God, that we would know that part of God even better. You reveal that characteristic of God to us. And you reveal that characteristic of God to the world. This is your unique role on our team to help us know God and to make him known. And we do this for every single player or teammate on the team. And we reemphasize the goal over and over. And then all week long, uh, day after day, we're just pointing this out like, hey, this is how God made you. Or then when they're when they're going uh, against the way that God's made them, say, hey, that's not how, you know that's not how God made you. Like, you're not supposed to slap your sister. You're supposed to protect your sister. That's God's role for you on this team is you were protected. That's how he's uniquely wired you. Like, step into your gifting. Don't step away from your gifting. Like, step into it. Here, here's a really practical example, too. My daughter, she's five years old. She's just, uh, you know, some would say stubborn or strong-willed, right? We've all got one of those children who just like, man, she, she has her way and she's not going to stop until she gets her way. Um, but the way that we say that in, in her gifting is God has uniquely designed you to be fierce, to like have justice, to, to be somebody who won't give up. You are determined. You are not a quitter. And I said, baby, God has made you so that you won't quit when you see somebody does something wrong. If you see somebody being bullied or being mistreated, you don't stop until that situation is taken care of. And it, if I said, if people like say, oh, I don't have time for that, or that's too much work, or I would rather just go play and do something else. I say, God has gifted you. You are not a quitter. You don't give up. This is God's unique role for you to show us what he is like and to show the world what he's like. And so what you're doing is you're taking what Satan would love to use in her little personality for his kingdom. And you're, you're holding up a mirror again and saying, baby, this is how God has made you. These are the gifts that God has made you for his glory and for his kingdom. And when you use your unique personality for his kingdom, man, you're going to do big, big things. This isn't about you. This isn't about uh, what Satan wants to do for you. This is what God has for you. This is how he has uniquely designed you. Now, keep in mind, I, I, I've already gotten kind of deeper into the weeds than I wanted to, um, but we did this again for each one of our family members. Now, keep in mind, we have a two-month-old, like God has gifted her with chubby cheeks, and uh, uh, she's a good milk drinker, right? Like we don't know all of her gifts, but that's one of the things we're excited about is seeing how as she starts to grow up, now all of us, the whole team, my my kids, my five-year-old, my seven-year-old, my, do- my, uh, my wife, uh, all of us will be pointing out things to her. We will all be holding up mirrors for her and saying, hey, Ella, this is how God has made you. We see your personality starting to develop like this and it's revealing to us who God is and it will it will reveal to the world who God is. That is our role for her as she starts to develop her personality on our team.
Hey guys, just want to take a quick break and tell you about my friend Aaron and Jennifer Smith's new book called Marriage After God. I know I've talked to you guys about their podcast called Marriage After God, which is super good. If you're not already subscribed to that, definitely go over and subscribe to their podcast. But they have a book coming out called Marriage After God, which you can actually uh, buy right now. You can pre-order it on Amazon. And uh, I just got a copy of it this week and have been reading through it. And man, uh, what I love about Aaron and Jennifer is that they don't hold anything back. Uh, They are totally open and raw about all the stuff they've been through in their marriage and for the sake of pointing us all back to the word of God and the truth of the scripture. So uh, go now, subscribe to Marriage After God podcast, but also go pre-order their book, Marriage After God. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. Some of you may be hearing this and like, dude, that feels like really overwhelming. I don't, I don't know like even where to begin with this. Here, here's a couple huge points in, in all of this. The first thing is a good coach like is constantly studying each player on the team. Um, man, there's so many guys who are just like, there's, I don't know how to say this nicely, but I'll just say it to me as it, like I, if I were speaking to myself even two years ago, four years ago, right? A dad in my my late 20s, I would just say, bro, like you're way too selfish. Like you're thinking about yourself way too much, like your own ambitions, your own dreams, your own goals, your own career aspirations. And a good coach is not out for their own career. Like the best coaches are the ones who say, listen, my job is to study you and to bring out the best in you. And this isn't about me. Like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to coach you the best I can, but I'm going to sit in the background and let you thrive. And that's what we need to do as coaches. Like we sit back, uh, not passively, but we get out of the way and we shine the light on God and God's glory. And we say, listen, this isn't about me. This isn't about my dreams and aspirations. I'm dying to myself. I'm going to serve and I'm going to spend my time studying my wife and what God is doing in her and how the Holy Spirit's working in her. And I'm going to study my kids and I'm going to become students of them to help figure out, man, what, it, how has God uniquely designed you? What unique personality traits and gifts has he given you so that we can know him better and make him known better. A good coach studies each player constantly. He becomes an expert in each player on his team and he sits back and he just helps them. He gets out of the limelight and he puts God in the limelight and he helps his team move towards the glory of God. So I hope that that, that's one thing that's just like, uh, if you need to hear that, man, just, I, I trust the Holy Spirit will speak that to you and let that convict as much as it needs to convict, but step out of the way, like get out of the limelight, limelight and just let um, God be in the limelight and put, point your family back to him. Um, the other thing I would say on that is sometimes a player is good, but they're just playing the wrong position, right? And so we might be getting frustrated at our kids or at our wife or like, hey, you're just not in the right spot. Like not everyone is meant to be like, in the homeless ministry and not everybody like my daughter, for example, is deeply, I can tell at five years old, she's deeply introverted. Right. And so sometimes we'll be in social events and, uh, she just like literally will remove herself. This just happened on Super Bowl Sunday, actually with our church group. She removed herself from like the party and literally just went and sat in the laundry room by herself because she just need, she's, she was able to articulate cause we talk about this a lot. She's like, I just need some time alone. She's deeply introverted. Her tank was empty. 
what would have been wrong is for us as coaches to say, hey, get back in there. Like, what are you doing? You're being disrespectful. You're coming across rude or cold or whatever. Um, that's just putting a player in the wrong place. Um, it's not that they're a bad player. They're just in the wrong position, right? So like saying, hey, you're, you're not doing this well. Well, it's probably because they're not in the right position. Like not every kid is going to be able to stand up to a bully. Uh, and, and maybe there's different ways that they do that. Some kids will just like get right in the bully's face and be like, hey, this is wrong and I'm not going to leave until this is made right. And other kids are going to be like, hey, I'm not going to like go say that to his face, but I might go tell a teacher or a parent or whatever, right? Like that's a, obviously a kid, small example. But what I'm saying is sometimes uh, if your expectations, I guess just evaluate your expectations with each of your kids. If they're not doing well at something, is it because they're not they're simply in the wrong position and you need to study them more to say like, Hey, I just actually feel like this is a bad spot for them. And if we could tweak and kind of know their personality a little bit better and move them over to this, like they would actually bring God more glory. They would reveal to us more of who God is and they would be in a sweet spot. It wouldn't be draining them. So again, I know that's really vague. I'm having a hard time, like give really specific examples on that. But, uh, I, I think you might be that hopefully the Holy spirit can like connect some dots for you on that. Anyway, um, I feel like I'm kind of starting to get in ramble mode, so I'll just like wrap it up here. Uh, yeah, I, at the, at the end of the day, man, um, when you're thinking through what do I lead my kids towards, if you're, if you're leading them towards anything other than helping them know God and know and, and helping them reveal to the world what God is like, we're, we're just running the, the wrong direction. Here's what I would have you do as like a really practical exercise. Just sit down at the table, the, the, kitchen table or sit in the living room, whatever you can do with your kids, whatever age they're at, like if they can't even talk, um, just practice you and your wife getting into this kind of language and this habit. If they're five, six, seven, eight or older, like they're definitely capable of having these kinds of conversations and just sit down and go through like we did one by one and say, Hey, what do you see? in mommy, and obviously a five-year-old, a seven-year-old is not going to articulate all this stuff and like connect biblical truths. You're going to need to help them figure out that you're going to have to stumble your way in practicing that. Like, okay, they said like, uh, again, I'm trying to give you some examples here. My daughter said, uh, Elijah's really good at drawing, right? She, she said, Elijah's really good at drawing. So you're like, okay, well, how does that help us know God and make God known to the world. So what the way that we like turn that, we don't want to discourage her and be like, well, that doesn't make any sense. You know, like the way that we encourage that is like, that's true, baby. Like God did make Elijah to be good at drawing. He really likes drawing and he's really artistic. He can see the world artistically, which reminds us of God, who is the most creative and the most artistic. Like when we look at sunsets and when we look at pretty things, the trees and the forests and the mountains, we're reminded, wow, God is a good artist. Okay. And so this, what you need to do is connect dots for your kids, but also you will stumble through that. So if you're hearing that and you're like, dude, I couldn't do that. Like, I don't know how to like tie that. My son likes Play-Doh to like God's kingdom. Uh, if you know, if you're, I thought of 10 more funny examples, but I'll save you. I'll spare you that. Um, Whatever the situation is, part of this is for your practice and for you saying like, okay, how can I just start to figure out how God has uniquely made each person in our family and kind of stumble my way through trying to figure out what would that look like for God's glory? And that's a really good exercise for you, man, uh, to try to figure that stuff out. So just process out loud with your family, stumble your way through it. You might sound silly, um, but this is a really, really good practice and it keeps the mindset uh, for your family all the time that we are a team, 
working together for the glory of God. This isn't about individual players. This isn't about individual people trying to have successes, but this is us as a unit that God has put together before the creation of the world. He knew that he would put us together for his glory, for our good, so that we could point each other to Christ and point the world back to him. Uh, I hope that's helpful. Again, Family Teams, what Jefferson's doing over at Family Teams uh, is super good stuff. They have so much content on this stuff. I just wanted to process it kind of through how we've personally been applying this stuff to our own life. But uh, they do have a, Jefferson put together uh, a little course called The Skill of Fatherhood. I I say little, it's actually an incredibly uh, robust course on like uh, just fatherhood in general, kind of a map. It's very, very good. Uh, Really, really good stuff. Uh, I don't endorse like a lot of online courses and stuff, or I don't think I've ever endorsed another online course. Uh, but I just really, really like what they did over there. And they talk a lot about this team stuff. So it's called the skill of fatherhood. If you go to familyteams.com and then he actually set up a promo code, you can just use dad tired and you get, uh, I think like 20 bucks off on that. So that's really helpful too. Anyway, I hope that that's helpful for you. I love you guys. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I'll talk to you next week. See you.